being selfish and having selfish ambition and wanting to build self and follow my own plan to literally surrendering and submitting to the plan of God and hearing his voice and his desire for my life. And that changed everything. Well, I have a question for you today. Is it possible for a conversation to be both fun and deep at the same time? It is if you're talking to an extraordinary woman by the name of Lavondolin Watson Sandkitts. Um, she's going to prove it to all of us that it's possible to have an enthusiastic conversation, a talk with a girlfriend, while at the same time be digging into the deep things of God the Father. Lavondolin is a force to be reckoned with. This girl is on fire. And she'll be telling us where that fire comes from. This is Carol McLeod, the host of the Significant Women podcast. And I'm thrilled that you've joined me today for this lively yet meaningful conversation with Lavondolin Watson Sam Kitts. Lavondolin has coached thousands of women through her live events, podcasts, and even through her ebooks and business projects. Um, Lavondolin's own words say this. If a woman of faith comes to me with a call from the Lord, I will help her uncover her gift, build a profitable business around it, and achieve supernatural success in the marketplace. That is my gifting. So lean in and listen to the joy and fire that is uniquely Lavondolin. Well, I'm here today with my new friend, Lavondolin Watson, and she... Um, doesn't actually live that far from me, like a couple states away, I think. But Lavonalyn, we're going to have a blast today. My friends are going to adore you. And so I want to start out, but I want you to tell us something quirky, different, interesting, unusual about Lavonalyn. Can you do that? That list is long, Carol. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Nice to meet you. I'm so happy to be here. I would say quirky, usual, unusual, different. Um, I tend to have a very free spirit. I tend to just hear the Holy Spirit and move. And so one of the crazy things that we have just recently done is uh, last summer we came to Colorado on vacation. My husband and I decided that we were going to come and spend 10 days out here in Denver. And uh, we did that. And on day four, we decided to move. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. One, two, three, four. On, on day four, literally, we looked at each other and we just asked if we could, you know, call somebody back in South Carolina and have them pack up our apartment. And so what we did was we actually flew back to South Carolina, packed up the apartment, flew back to Denver, found him a job, and then went and literally had everything shipped. No, like we had no idea what we were doing, why we were coming out here. <laughs> we just decided to relocate. What I did not know, Carol, was that Colorado is the number one unchurched state in the in the United States. I didn't. What know I that did either. not know was that there's not a huge presence of Christ and faith here. And so I believe I'm on assignment, but I didn't know that when I relocated. <laughs> How fun! How did your family react? to you saying, hey, just FYI, we're going to Colorado to live. 
No one was surprised. I did this a few years ago when I moved to Montreal. <laughs> so they are kind of used to Lavandula and just picking up and going wherever and doing whatever. But God has always been so strategic. And so I'm excited to see what he does here in Colorado. I'm excited to see the connections that he makes and you know the assignment that he has me on. It's been interesting. It's been interesting. But Denver is amazing. I love it. Oh, good. Well, I just want to ask you a question like Lavandolin, how do you hear the voice of God? How did you know that that was God leading you and that it wasn't an emotional decision? I think my friends are really going to love your answer because I think we all say that to ourselves. How do I know this is God? How do I hear yes. the voice of God for me? Yes, I love that question. And it is one that I teach on often because I believe that as believers, that is probably the most fundamental skill we could possibly have. And that is hearing the voice of God and being led by him. And so oftentimes God speaks to me in dreams and visions. He also speaks to me through other people. But a lot of times it's just a prompting. It's a prompting that I get in my belly that I know is not me. Wow. <laughs> like I would have not just decided, okay, let's just move all the way across the country, you know, for no reason at all. When I get those promptings that don't feel like me or don't sound like me, I know, okay, the Holy Spirit's at work. And so what I usually do is just begin to pray and ask for confirmation, God, is this you? Lord, are you leading? Are you guiding? And what he will do is very strategically open doors or create opportunities or have someone else come and confirm by speaking to me. Um, and I will ask for several confirmations before I actually move. But that's how I usually know it's him. It doesn't sound like me and it doesn't feel like me. Wow. You know, I love it that you and your husband were in unity. That's huge yes. to me. Yes. And and my dad used to tell me two things, Lavandal, and he would say, in your knower, you're going to know. Yes. And, and our knower is where we hear the voice of God. Yes. And then he would yes. also say to me, seek peace and pursue it. So if this yes. decision brings you not an emotional peace, but a spiritual peace, yes. then you pursue it. So that that's actually what I heard you saying to me. Yeah. Yes. So how let, let's go back in your story a little bit, Lavonda Lynn. Like, tell me your what the church might call your testimony. Like, when did you meet Jesus and what have you gone through in your life and what have you learned through hard times? I love that question, Carol, because I tell everyone I don't have a profession of faith. I feel like I was born a Christian. Wow. Um, literally, my entire family, um, they were believers. My grandmother, my great-grandmother, my mother, all of my aunts, all of my uncles on both sides of my family. And so I was born into this faith, and I didn't know anything different. Literally raised in the church. You know, I went to VBS, and we went to, you know, Bible study on Wednesday nights, church on Sunday mornings, and I was raised Baptist. So I was in church all day on Sunday. <laughs> But I grew up in the faith, and um, even though I was born and raised in the church, I always say that I didn't actually give my life to Christ until I was 28 years old. Mm. And I know that sounds weird. Like I literally, you know, was born and raised in the church. I remember being baptized. I remember, you know, just like loving him and following him because that's what everyone in my family did. That's all I knew. But 
when I say I was 28 years old when I gave my life to Christ, I was 28 years old when my mother died. Mm -hmm. And my mother, who died unexpectedly, she literally had an aneurysm while she was speaking in front of the church. And so I remember having a conversation with her and she said, I heard it pop. I literally heard uh, the vessel in my brain pop while I was speaking. And so she was rushed to the hospital and uh, she had to have brain surgery, you know, an emergency surgery. And the doctor basically told me that it, there's a 50-50 chance that she's going to pass away. And I remember like just hesitating while we were doing paperwork, you know, to determine whether or not she would be resuscitated. And um, it was one of the most difficult days of my life. And my mother looked at me and she said these words. She said, Lavandalin, sign those papers. She said, I have lived my entire life to see Jesus. Do not keep me here. And that gave me such peace about the process. It gave me such peace to know that one, she was ready and she was okay with whatever was going to come. And two, even to the point of death, she was strong and she was full of faith. And so during that process, like she had the surgery, the doctors told me that everything went well, she did great. And it would be three hours before she came out of sedation. Well, she never came out of sedation. Wow. And that turned my life upside down. I was raised basically as an, uh, as a, you know, she was a single mom. I had a, a younger sister. My sister was 17 at the time. Um, and it was just, it, we were distraught. We were literally destroyed by her death. And that's why I say her death was really what catapulted me into relationship with Christ, a personal relationship with Christ. Up until then, if I needed prayer, I remember being in college once and so many things were happening. I had exams and I felt overwhelmed and I felt burdened and I would call her, mom, I need you to pray. I need you to pray specifically for this calculus test. <laughs> I need you to pray specifically. So she was the person, she was my mediator. She prayed for me. She spoke words of encouragement to me. She spoke scripture over me. She was literally my conduit. And when she passed away, I had to have a personal relationship with the Lord. I had to learn to pray. I had to pull out all of the spiritual tools that I had watched her use my whole life. I had to find a love and appreciation for the word of God. I had to learn how to fast and, you know, how to take communion for strength and for protection. All of those things came after her death. And so I always say her death was bittersweet in that it broke my heart and it upended my life, but it literally threw me into the arms of Christ where I found a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. And so that's my story of faith. I mean, that basically is where I learned to love the Lord and I learned to love his word and not just love it, but treasure it yes. and use it. Um, it comforted me. It strengthened me. It built me up. It literally built up my faith. And so that's, you know, I was raised in the church, but I didn't find a personal intimate relationship with the Lord until I saw pain firsthand. So did you ever go through a season of rebellion or Christianity is not for me or making choices that would not honor your mom or her faith? I did not, but I will tell you this. I went through a season where it was all about Lavondolin and what Lavondolin wanted. 
So I, you know, I was raised for success from a very young age. My mother, you know, bought books and, you know, I, I would always say my very first book was an Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't know if you remember, but oh, back in the day, yes, like yes. where the salespeople would come and knock on the door. Uh, well, I had this, you know, experience once where one of the salespeople came and knock on, knocked on the door and I was five years old and I asked my mom to buy a set of encyclopedias. And she was just like, you are five, you cannot read encyclopedias. And I just wailed. I had the biggest tantrum that there could possibly be. And so she bought one because we came from humble, a humble beginning. You know, we didn't really have the money. So she bought one. And she always told the story of me sitting on the couch with that big book in my lap. She, she always said the book was bigger than her. Uh, but if that gives you any idea of my love for words and my love for learning and for uh, reading very early on. And so she fostered that. She uh, really like bought books all the time and she gave me opportunities to read and to grow. And that was the beginning of the seed of success for me. And so for out, like throughout the course of my life, I was raised for success. I'm first generation college, first generation, everything really. And so I was groomed to go to school, get an education, get all of the degrees I possibly could get and get the corner office, right? The world's success. I was groomed for that until my mother passed away. When she passed away, I realized, my goodness, like I'm building this life that I desire. I'm building this life. I'm doing all the things. I had gotten three degrees at the time. I was, you know, working and successful. I was going from one job to the other, climbing that corporate ladder. I looked the part, Carol. I had the Stephen Covey uh, planner. I had the power suits and the high heels. I looked the part, but I was miserable. Really? I was miserable. And so when my mother passed away, literally one month to the day, I found myself at the back of the church on my knees with my hands raised, literally praying to God, like, God, my mother's death shook me. She was young. She was relatively healthy. That could be me. And so while I am living out my plan for my life and doing the things that I want to do, like, I don't want to do that anymore. What is your plan for my life? What do you desire from me? And so that day, August 16th, 2004, with my hands lifted, I heard the Lord say, Lavondolin, glorify me, glorify me. Mm. And I knew then that that was my purpose in life to bring glory to God, not to get all the degrees, not to find the world's success, not to do all of these things that had been implanted in me for the right reasons, but uh, it was that day where I knew, okay, I've got to shift gears here. God has told me to glorify him and I've got to figure out how to do that. Two days later, I found myself sitting in my office, literally bewildered, like, okay, God said to glorify me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. All I know is that I am a writer and a reader. I have always been a writer and a reader, and those skills have come naturally to me. I have never had to perfect them. I've never had to learn them. They just came naturally. So obviously, these are skills that God gave me. I'm going to use them to glorify him. And so that's what I did. I created a magazine called Joyful Noise Magazine, and uh, I had no background in publications, no background in communications. <laughs> 
I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew what God had told me to do. And so I sat down and I began to write. And a few months later, we had the first issue and it was the first of its kind in Charleston. And God just blessed. He blessed. That magazine opened doors to radio, radio opened doors to television, television opened doors to speaking engagement. And here I am 17 years later, still on fire for the Lord. (laughs) And that really is my journey. And it came from being selfish and having selfish ambition and wanting to build self and follow my own plan to literally surrendering and submitting to the plan of God and hearing his voice and his desire for my life. And that changed everything. Yeah, I believe that surrendering is one of the most powerful choices we can make. If we want to live a powerful life, then we must surrender. And those words might sound like an oxymoron, but they're not. They're Um, not. And power will never come unless you surrender. Surrender is always the first step toward power. So I love it because... Um, Lavandalin, that's different than the bill of goods that the world has sold women. Um, They've told us uh, so many lies, Um, but we who belong to Christ know where the true power lies. So Lavandalin, tell us what in the world do you do now? Like, what does your job look like? What does a day in the life of Lavandalin look like? Tell us about it. (laughs) Actually, now I am a coach. I coach entrepreneurs of faith and I teach business women how to submit their businesses to the will and the ways of God. Mm. And it has been probably the most amazing journey for me. Um, God literally allowed me to learn how to build my business by faith. So over the years, he taught me how to hear his voice and how to move when he says move and how to create products that he gives me in the shower, in the secret place, in a dream, Um, how to build a business literally by faith. And I would document those things and take notes along the way. And in 2008, he gave me almost a release. He said, all that you have been writing, all that you have been documenting, put it together in a package and teach other women. And that was the beginning of my coaching career, because up until then, I was a speaker. I was traveling all over the country, speaking at women's conferences, and I was, you know, teaching Bible studies, writing books, doing all of the things that I, you know, that I knew to help people in their faith. But that, in that particular year, he said, okay, teach them how to build business. And so that was the start of what I call supernatural success. That is a success that God creates, not a success that we strive for, not a success that we work for. And so that's what I do now. And then a day in a life is basically I have a group program called FBS3. That is a 12-week business school that I teach entrepreneurs of faith uh, how to build their businesses by faith. And then I also have one-on-one clients that I work with where I help them to bring to life or bring to fruition the things that God has put on the inside of them, whether it be a book or a podcast or, uh, you know, a live event or whatever it is that he's given them to do, to put their hands to, I help them to actually bring that to fruition. So every day I'm on Zoom for 
for the most part, coaching and uh, helping women to build their businesses by faith, helping them to earn more so that they could give more. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, we are responsible, so to speak, for the mandates that God has given us. And so Mm -hmm. I help them to earn more so that they can be a blessing to his kingdom and they can intentionally build his kingdom. And then I have a Business by Faith, which is a live event that I do. I'm on tour actually right now, and it's a live event. It's a two-day event that I share all over the country. And again, it is for women who are business owners to come and learn how to submit their businesses to God and how to be led by the Holy Spirit and not by the world. Wow. Okay. So in your bio, I... I saw this three-word phrase that jumped out at me, and then I've heard you say it several times. And the phrase is, entrepreneurs of faith. Tell me what that is. What's an entrepreneur of faith? Yes. So obviously an entrepreneur is someone who is in business, who is, you know, using their gifts and their skills to do business in the marketplace. An entrepreneur of faith is uh, an entrepreneur who uses her faith and is led by her faith in the marketplace. Okay. And so like I always say, we do business differently. We do business differently in that uh, prayer is probably the number one (laughs) catalyst to our success. Our success happens in the secret place. It does not happen anywhere else. And so prayer is a huge part of the success that I teach women to build. Literally taking time every single day to get into the presence of the Lord and to hear his mandate for our lives. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And so we have got to always make space and make margin to hear what it is that he has for us to do. Here's the thing that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Carol. God cannot fail. Mm. That is our competitive advantage in the marketplace. He cannot fail. And so as long as we are like we are the branch and we are connected to the vine, then we will produce fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit. And it is in him that we move and find our being, right? It is in him that we also find success. And so when I tell my clients, like your success is guaranteed, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive for it. You simply have to submit and surrender and go where he tells you to go and do what he tells you to do because he cannot fail. And so as long as you're tapped into him, neither can you. Wow. Okay, so let me ask you this, Lavondolin. Where does spiritual warfare come into this whole equation of building a business, building a ministry, writing a book? Where? Let's talk about that for a minute, because I know that there are some women who are listening who are weary. You know, they yes. they've been fighting for a long time. They've heard from God. They're they're going in the right direction, but it's it's been a, a while. Like, yes. speak to them for a minute. Yeah, well, here's the thing. The Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he is looking to steal, kill, and destroy your purpose, Mm -hmm. which is to bring glory to God. 
I know we get that a lot where it's like, find your purpose, you know, and they say, well, my purpose is writing and my purpose is, that's not your purpose. There's a difference between purpose and call. Mm. And so your purpose is to glorify God. That is all of our purposes, right? We have all been created to bring him glory. And so the enemy wants to seal, kill and destroy that purpose. And he is going to do everything in his power to distract you, to disarm you, to do whatever is necessary to make you not move forward in faith, to keep you stagnant, to keep you stuck, to keep you discouraged or disillusioned, Mm -hmm. to make you quit. Whatever the case may be, he will do everything in his power to do so. But what you have to know up front is that you already have the victory through Christ. You do not have to search for it or work for it. You do not have to do anything to receive it. You are fighting from a place of victory, not for victory. And so that being said, whatever the enemy does to stagnate you or to stop you or to, you know, to uh, to distract you, like you have power over it. You have power over all the enemy. Jesus tells us that in the book of Luke. And so what happens, though, Carol, is we shrink. Anytime there's a difficult circumstance or anytime the enemy sends a trap or anytime the enemy sends an assignment or whatever the case may be, we shrink where we in that moment should stand up in the power. In that moment, we should, you know, be literally suited up in the armor of God, right? Suited up, just like Paul says in the Bible. Um, And so I'm speaking directly to that person who feels like, okay, God has already told me what to do. I know what it is that I'm supposed to be doing, but for whatever reason, I can't get there. My advice to you is take your hands off of it for a moment. Hmm. Again, go get in the secret place and allow the Holy Spirit to empower you, to strengthen you, to lead, guide, and direct you. Your power comes from Him. If you are tired and you are weary, you're trying to draw it from your flesh. You're trying to do it in your own power and strife is a fruit of the flesh. And so do not fight for it. Do not like, you know, really like go through the challenges for it. No, submit and surrender and get quiet and get quiet. And he will come. He will rescue you. He will lead you. Open your word. This Bible is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Open your word. Do more spiritual work. Work more on your spirit man than you do your business because trust me, the business will come. When you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And he is the one who's going to open the doors. He is the one who's going to create opportunity. He is the one who puts water in the wasteland, right? He does all of the work. I can tell you time and time again, where God has created just amazing circumstances in my business. And I can just look back and say, it was him. It wasn't me. He opened the door and I simply walked through it. He created the book and I simply wrote it, right? He like he did the things and I simply, you know, just submitted and surrendered. And I keep coming back to that because those two words are incredibly powerful. Those two words are like the heart of the success that you desire so much. Rely on him, not on you. Well, before Lavondolin and I continue our amazing chat, I did want to take a minute and invite you to visit my website, 
which is carolmccloudministries.com. You can read a blog post, listen to a Bible study, leave a prayer request, or do some shopping. I'd love to hear from you. So please take the time to connect with me through our website. When you sign up for our mailing list, you'll receive a weekly devotional in your email that's sure to deposit a dose of joy in your heart. That's carolmccloudministries.com. I love serving you and hearing from you, so never hesitate to send me an email at my own personal email. It's carol at carolmccloudministries.com. Let's get back now to my sweet conversation with Lavondolin. The girl is on fire. So do you have a life Bible verse that you've just lived by that just belongs to you? It has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so most of my life, um, I really, I, I guess I could say I, um, I accepted the verse, you know, I was persecuted, but not destroyed, cast down, you know, those like that was my verse for a very long time in Corinthians. And for the past maybe five years or so, Psalm 133 has really blessed me because I find myself grounded and rooted in him, literally rooted, just immovable in my faith, like a tree planted by the rivers of water, right? And I, the fruit that's coming from me is because I am like a tree planted, grounded in faith, rooted in faith, a lover of Christ here, <laughs> literally a lover of Christ here. And so um, that's my scripture now. And it, it's something that reminds me every day that if I just stay grounded and rooted, that my leaves will never cease right. to bear fruit. Yeah. And I, the thing I love about that scripture is that even um, when the storms come, even in times of drought, our leaves will not cease to be green. Amen. You know, Amen. that's a promise. So yes. no matter what's happening in our circumstances, no matter what's happening in politics, Amen. in the world, in the economy, Amen. we, the people of faith, will yes. never cease to bear fruit. Our leaves Only will be Only if we believe it. Yes. Yes. Only if we believe it. Um, it's so funny because... Uh, I, you know, sometimes we don't like to talk about money and the faith. And I love to talk about money. I love to talk about God's provision. And one of the things that I always say is like, you know, 2010 was the first time I ever made six figures in this business. And if you remember, we were in the middle of a recession. And what God told me then, and it's the same thing he reiterated to me in 2020, was that my economy does not fail. My economy is not contingent upon what is happening in the world or what is happening around. And so in 2020, the exact same thing happened. Um, I had probably my first $20,000 month in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. And it's like, that just goes to show you the glory of God and the grace of God uh, because he is faithful. He is always faithful. Amen. He is always faithful. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he needs to repent. The Bible says, has he said it? And will it not come to pass? He will do exactly what he said he would do, Amen. regardless of the circumstances that surround us. Love it. I was just, But we have to believe it. We do. You know, um, Paul says, 
don't throw away your confidence. So of all the mm. things we could throw away, like <laughs> throw away discouragement, throw away depression, yes. throw away weariness, but don't throw away your confidence. And he goes on yes. to say, I don't have the verse in front of me because by it, you'll have, there's a great reward for those who believe. Yes. And so God rewards those who believe. So this is a Amen. word for somebody listening today, Lavondolin. Don't throw away your confidence. Get rid of yes. other stuff, but hang on. Your confidence is pure gold in your faith. Yes. I love that you say that, Carol, because sometimes we focus a lot on self-confidence. Yes. Right? The world focuses on self-confidence all the time. And what I teach my entrepreneurs is like, your confidence is not in you. No. Because you have limitations. You have restrictions. Your confidence has to be in the Lord. And he is like, he has no restrictions, no limits, right? He is omnipresent, omnipotent. He is all the things. And so when we can place our confidence in him, then we know it doesn't matter what we're going through. He is, and he always will be. I have been through some very difficult things in my life during, while building this business. You know, I've lost my mother. I've lost my grandmother. I've lost my, you know, my grandparents, all of them literally while building this business. I have gone through a divorce while building this business. And so I'm speaking to the woman or to the person who is, you know, in the midst of challenges, who is going through a lot and you feel like, okay, so many things are happening in my life and they're coming one after the other. I'm literally surrounded. Do not forget who you are and whose you are because he is there and he is who he says that he is. And he always does what he says that he will do. And you can stand firm. Even if things around you are crazy, you can be at peace and you can literally stand firm on the promises of God because he is not slack concerning any of his promises. That's what the word says. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I've almost been giddy with excitement that the Lord chose me to live during one of the greatest pandemics in all of recorded history. It was like, what? God, I get to be alive now and and bring hope and joy and peace mm. to a world in pain. Um, yes. it's, it's an incredible honor, Lavondolin, that we are alive now. And I just want to speak to you and tell you, what you do matters, the courage that you are injecting into a generation of women is so powerful. When God, oh, I'm going to cry. When God mm. looked at, at the early part of the 21st century, he said, I'm going to need a woman. I'm going to need a woman of faith. Are you ready for this one? I'm going to need a black woman of faith mm. who will inject courage into the women alive at that time in history. And sister, you got the job. And here we stand. So I'm going to, I'm going to cheer for you. I'm going to be your big sister because we look so much alike. I'm going to cheer for you as the years go by. Keep doing what you're doing. I know you won't, but let me just say it. Don't grow weary in well-doing. You know, you stay energetic, stay enthusiastic. Enthusiastic means you're filled with God and see what God will open. Lavondolin, God's going to open doors for you that you haven't even dreamed about in your life. Um, Mm. 
it, it's going to be pretty incredible. And we're going to stand back and give glory to God. Okay. So you impact the lives of women. Who has impacted you? What women have been your role models? What women have been your heroines of the faith? I have to gather myself from that prophetic, <laughs> from that <laughs> prophetic speaking you just did over my life just now. I thank you. I appreciate you. And please know I am cheering for you as well. Um, for all of us who are bold enough to declare the word of God, for those of us who are bold enough to declare the love of God and to, you know, to share him and to make him known for all of us. God bless you. Thank you so much for that. Um, as far as the women in my life, I tell you, like, it's every Bible teacher that I've ever sat under, every Bible teacher that has ever imparted word into my life and into my heart. Um, it is also my mother. I always go back to her because she not only made sure that we went to church and that we learned the word of God, she walked it out. She walked it out. I grew up with a drug addicted father. Um, and so my mother, her plate was always full. Her shoulders were always heavy. And you would not know. You could not tell. She loved the Lord and she proclaimed his word. And I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I would go and look and there would be a light coming from under her door. I'd open her door and she would be sitting in her bed, tears streaming down her face with her highlighter, reading the word of God reading the word of God, literally using the word of God as her comfort and as her guide. I always tell the story of being a child and getting on the bus in the morning for school and having to wipe my forehead before I got on the bus because my mother was at the door anointing us with oil. <laughs> I love your mom. <laughs> you know, she was that woman. She was that mother full of faith and, you know, always abiding by the will and the ways of God. And so she inspired me. She left a legacy of faith that I am so grateful for that has literally brought me through a lot of challenges and a lot of things to overcome in life. And I'm appreciative of it. And so if nothing else, my goal is to leave a legacy of faith to everyone that I come into contact with. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, Lavondola, when you think about Billy Graham, you think about souls like salvation. Yes. When you think about Mother Teresa, you think about compassion and hands on love. And we, we all leave a legacy and we actually choose the legacy that we're going to leave. Yes. What do you want your legacy to be? Fire. Bye. Uh, I say fire because the name of my company is Faith is Action, but literally it is about not being lukewarm in our faith, not sitting by and just allowing life to happen to us, but literally standing up in our faith and declaring the word of God, standing up again from a place of victory. Like we have overcome because he has overcome. And so when you see this energy and you see this fire that comes with everything that I do, it's not me, it's him, it's his word. It's, you know, the things that he 
is spoken over us. Jesus says, the words that I've spoken over you, they are spirit and they are life. And I believe it. I have, I have taken hold to it. And so this fire is literally what I want to leave this world. It's like, even if I'm not here, I want that, that love of God, that, you know, that commitment to him, that passion for him, that, you know, everything that comes with our faith to be ignited in people from the books that they read, the videos that they watch, the podcasts that they listen to. When I close my eyes and he takes my breath, those things will remain. And I pray that's always what's said about me. She was on fire for the Lord and she helped me to ignite. Mm, I love it. And you know what? I have full confidence that that will indeed be your legacy. It will to a generation of women. Well, I can't believe it, but it's time for us to, I know, where did it go? Where did it go? We'll have to do this again sometime. But um, I always like to close my, my friends love hearing. I call my listeners, my friends, because that's who they are. But um, let's have some fun. Some people might call this a lightning round because I love the sound of music. I call it a few of my favorite things. So I'm just going to shoot some things at you, Lavondolin, and you just tell me Quickly back, what comes to your mind? What's your favorite in this category? Okay. Can you okay. do it? Okay. I okay. can. I'm excited. Okay. Other than the Bible, what is the favorite book you have ever read? The Dream Giver, Bruce Wilkinson. Love it. I haven't thought about that book in a while. Very good. So okay. Lavondolin, what is the worship song that the instant it starts playing, the tears start coming down your cheeks and your heart's beating out of your chest. What is that worship song? What does it to you? One. Oh my goodness. Um, the goodness of God. Me yes. too. Right now. That's oh, it. Yes. All my life. He has been faithful. <sighs> All my life. Don't make me cry. <laughs> I know me too. Let's just cry together. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite movie? Oh, mm. oh my goodness. There's so many. Okay, can I give you a movie book combo? Sure. Yes. Redeeming Love. Really? You loved Redeeming it. Redeeming Love. Yes. Yes. Brings me to tears every single time. Oh my, that's great. Okay, Redeeming mm. Love. Good, good. Do you have a favorite quote? That's a harder one. That is a harder one. I would have to say um, more than a quote, it's a piece of advice that was given by Mr. Jim Rohn back in 2005. He actually said these words to me specifically, but I know he taught it from the stage. And he said, discipline your disappointment. Mm. That changed everything for me. And I've learned to do it all the time to not get stuck in disappointment, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. to discipline it by speaking life and moving forward. Discipline your disappointment. Yes. Okay. Favorite way to rejuvenate? Oh, a good cup of coffee. Yeah, sister. Yes. Let's do it. Favorite dessert? <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies. Warm. warm. Favorite <laughs> holiday? Easter. Yay. Easter. He's yes. risen indeed. Favorite vacation spot? Um, St. Simon's Island. Oh, wow. I've read about it. I've never been there. I used to go there four times a year before the pandemic. 
I love it. It's like my home away from home. It's it's supposed to be like very quaint, isn't it? It's like it going is. back in time. Yes, yeah. it's very nice. And it sits right there on the water. I go to a resort called the King and Prince Beach and Golf Resort, and it sits right there on the water. It's such a beautiful place. Well, maybe I'll meet you there someday. Wouldn't that be fun? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> what did you want to be when you were a little girl? A news anchor. Did you? Well, <laughs> I did. You would have been great at that. Let me say, you <laughs> you, you would have uh, given Robin Roberts and some of those girls a run for their money, but I'm so glad you're serving the unshakable kingdom of God. Amen. So grateful. So am I. Thank you. Well, before we go, Lavondolin, would you pray for my friends who are listening today? Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come together today. Lord, I would like to just ask you, Lord, to just breathe your fire. Lord, like like fire shut up in their bones. I ask that you would just take your Holy Spirit and inject each and every last one listening to this podcast today, that you would fire them up, Lord, from the inside out, that they would literally come to life for you, God, that it would not be business as usual on Sunday morning, but that they would receive of the word and receive of you, Lord, and walk it out every single day of their lives. God, I ask that they would feel you around them every day, every moment of every day. God, that you would use them mightily for your glory. Lord, that you would bless their lives and bless their families. God, bless their health, bless their finances in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I speak powerfully over Carol and her ministry today. Lord, that you will continue to use her, God, for your glory, that you will continue to meet every need so that she too can walk out the mandates that you have over her life. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your sacrifice. This time of year is such a beautiful time to thank you, God, that you resurrected so that we too may resurrect. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We give you the honor and the utmost glory. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Lavondolin, thank you so much. It's just been a delight. Thank you so much, Carol. God bless you. I hope that you are as encouraged and motivated by receiving from Lavondolin today as I am. She's encouraged me to hear God's voice and to enthusiastically serve Him with every ounce of energy in me. Thank you for joining me this week on Significant Women Podcast. I hope that you'll share this episode with your friends as well as leave a review on our hosting platforms. You know, even just a few words of encouragement means the world to us. I want to remind you, my listener and my friend, that you were created for significance. You were created to partner with your creator and to demonstrate his character during your tenure on planet Earth. When God looks at your life, he sees a woman of grand significance. Never doubt it.